I am in Watamu, Kenya, and we are in the heart of the Muslim neighborhood of the area. And I have Pastor Peter with me. His home is actually very near this area um, within walking distance. And we even ministered recently yesterday in a town very close to the Somalian border. And when you get there and you kind of walk around, you can feel the spiritual climate. It's actually very dark and, uh, and just kind of a little bit you know, unsettling. And you can just kind of feel that there's spiritual things going on in the atmosphere. And so Peter, uh, tell me a little bit about the meeting. What was so significant about this meeting we had yesterday with both the Christians and the Muslims? Yeah, I think even you can hear like the call for Muslim prayer, they always do, uh, like that's how we are so close. Yeah, the meeting was very significant uh, Yeah, to the church and the Christian and to the environment because we have some Muslim guys who convert like to Christianity and then they are, they are treated like... Um, uh, they persecuted, yeah, just to say it. So this meeting, uh, to bring them together, even the Muslim are able to understand that um, Christianity is just a peaceful religion. And uh, when people become mature, they can be given a, a free will or a choice of, wo- of where they want to worship. So this me- this, this uh, meeting was significant in that way that people can have like a religion tolerant and people can be allowed to worship the Lord and people can walk like not in fear that even Muslim can, Muslim guys can come to church both men and I think you saw yesterday there were women and men so this one was a very great breakthrough and significant to the church yes Amen thank you Pastor Peter um, man and another thing is is that that takes boldness and that takes faith you know to put these things together um, what it, didn't didn't somebody say that basically it would be impossible for this to happen and, and it just basically takes taking risk yeah in fact what I can say is that uh, until now I was even talking with one of the pastors in that place and was like hey they didn't believe that it's going to ha- it's, it's going to happen even to see them coming in fact was like a, a realization that uh, Jesus is preparing a lot of church uh, a church that will usher his coming and um, it is like a prophecy which is being fulfilled that uh, all, every everybody should hear the gospel so uh, so it is I can say it is a great milestone and progress to us the church it was not easy until now I'm still coming like with the times how they came and and humbled and waited uh, even for the service to come to an end even when you're uh, prophesying and God gave you a word to one of them he like um, subjected to the obedience he stood up he was very listening to the to the prophecy and to the word that you gave him and he believed even later of the meeting he came to you like to confirm and is waiting. So what you're praying is that that will come to pass and that will be the beginning of breakthrough. Yes. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. And you know, what's on my heart is just this, this scripture in, uh, in Matthew talking about how Peter walked on the water and man, it just takes, it takes boldness and it takes faith um, to take a risk and to do something that hasn't been done before. And I would say that, man, Peter, when he was in a safer place, he was in a better place when he was outside on the water against all odds than he was in the boat. And, uh, and so listen to this. This is Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 and 29. I'm reading in the English Standard Version. It says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. Jesus said to him, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. 
man, when you have a word from God, you can step into even the darkest spiritual climate without fear of harm. You can step into the darkest spiritual climate and you can expect the Holy Spirit to show up and do things like Peter, you were saying a moment ago about the prophetic word. Man, you can step into an environment where all the forces are against you, but if man, there's enough power in, the, in a single word from God to accomplish the impossible. And that is what today's podcast is all about. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Justin Self, and this is season four, the kickoff, the first episode of season four, and I am just excited. I'm floored, really, that number one, we've made it this long. Hey, this is cool. But man, God is doing things, and this this podcast is actually, I know I've said it before, but it really is going all over the world, and the numbers are going up, and that's all nice and good, but I'm just excited because this is something that God put in my heart, and I'm just going for it, and things are happening. So more on that later, but the whole point of this episode is to give you an idea of who we are, what we've done, and where we're going. And so the reason I started this episode out with that recording from Watamu, Kenya, uh, and I understand it might have been a little hard to hear, so, so please feel free to go back and listen to that part, but I recorded that with Pastor Peter in Kenya, specifically right in front of a Muslim mosque, right at the call for prayer, because I wanted you to hear in the background, and I don't know if you heard it, but go back and listen to it. I wanted you to hear that call for prayer. The reason why I wanted you to hear that is I really wanted you to immerse yourself in that culture just for a moment and just kind of feel what it felt like when I was there by the normal day-to-day life in in Kenya is you hear these Muslim call to prayers all, you know, throughout the day multiple times and they have these loudspeakers and then they, they're basically calling out and reminding people it's time to pray because there's a heavily, it's heavily influenced by Muslim there. And we're going to get to that later. But the whole point of that is what I was saying in that recording with Pastor Peter is, man, there's enough power in a single word from God to accomplish the impossible. We can step into the darkest spiritual climate. We can see darkness be pushed back by the power and the love of Jesus. And that's what we're going to go for today because I want to share with you what we're about. In that recording, we were talking about a meeting that we had gone to the day before. We had driven several hours out of the kind of our home base in um, Watamu, Kenya is what it's called. And we drove up north towards the border of Somalia, actually. As we got up there, things got, man, I'm telling you, things got more and more real, sketchier. You know, we saw some pretty crazy things and there's a lot of terrorist activity actually real for real stuff happening up there. And there is persecution of Christians. And so it was very interesting to kind of head up in that direction. And it was definitely a stretch of faith for me and trusting God and being protected. And I thought it was awesome. It was quite the adventure. But specifically, we were talking about this meeting that we held, and it actually had to be held on a military compound. I didn't know this until we got there. I'm like, why are we going to what looks like a military base? Well, the reason is because we needed a neutral location. The people who set up this meeting literally needed to find a neutral location for the Christians and the Muslims to meet together under one roof. And you heard Peter talk about this in that intro recording, that the people who were setting up this meeting and who invited all the Muslim leaders and the Christian leaders, they were getting flack and they were getting pushback from the other local. Even the Christian leaders were saying, look, you're never going to get this to happen. This has never been done before in this region. You're never going to be able to get these leaders under one roof together. It's just not going to happen. The Muslims and the Christians are not getting along. Ain't going to happen. And you got to realize this is really, really, like I said, close to the border of Somalia. 
And if you know anything about Somalia, there's a very, very heavy, heavy, heavy Muslim presence there, minimal Christianity, and there is persecution, like I said. So we get to this meeting, and I didn't know this <laughs> until, this is kind of the backstory, I didn't know this until literally an hour or less, I think, away from this location that I was the guest speaker. They didn't tell me that until we're on the way there. I was like, Peter, what what's going on here? What's this meeting about? You know, and he's like, oh, you're the guest speaker. And I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. What in the world am I get, have I gotten myself into? And so in the car uh, or in the van on the way there, I just was like, God, what do I do? I don't know what to say to these people, you know? And he gave me a word. Um, he gave me a picture actually of a man and I saw him in his, in his outfit. I saw his little white hat on and I knew he was Muslim. Just, you know, that's how, that's how they dress in that particular area. And he gave me a word for this man. It was, it was an encouraging word, you know, you know, God says this about you. God says that about you, but it also specifically spoke to this man's, his work and what he did and what he, the type of occupation he was involved in, you know? So I was kind of calling out maybe prophetically, you know, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge about his life. But I also did speak into his future and what God was doing over him. So we get there. And that was actually mostly what I got from the Lord as far as preparation. And I did, he did give me some ideas about like a Bible story to teach, but not to teach it line by line and say, okay, the Bible says, the Bible says, in fact, I didn't even, I had my Bible up there, but I didn't mention I didn't like say, oh, the Bible says this and so believe it. No, I used the story from the Bible. I used allegory. I used story. I used pictures. And I'm telling you, I'm not smart enough to have figured this out. That was the Holy Spirit right now. I'm telling you right now. Power of God fell on me and it was awesome. But I did this thing where I just like shared this story from the Bible and everybody was listening. The Christians all were like nodding their heads because they secretly knew, right? They knew what I was doing. They're like, oh, I recognize that story from the Bible. But the Muslims were just like, th their attention was just on me. They were laser focused and they were listening to this story. And the story all had to do with unity and let's pull together, but let's let's pull together for a common cause. Like, let's go seek the Lord, essentially. Let's do things. Let's. We don't have time to, to mess around and, and not work together. And so, again, I don't know if that sounds watery to you or something, you know, you, Justin, you should be preaching Jesus. Well, Listen, what happened in that area is proof of God's presence. We were talking about unity and working together. And in the, in the intro, Peter was talking about, you know, the persecution and how they haven't been working together. Well, even today, even, you know, recently in recent weeks, I've heard from Peter about the repercussions and the ripples that have happened since that meeting. And he says that things are different, that again, people are meeting together. There's more unity in the area. It has actually altered the trajectory of the culture can you believe that of the culture of that region? There's actually been change. I am just humbled and I'm blown away by the Lord. That's the whole point. That's the story we were talking about. And I use that as an introduction to this, this season four kickoff episode, because I want to really share my heart. I haven't done probably as good of a job as I could, you know, communicating the vision and the passion and, and all these types of things behind Unstoppable. Well, that's what today is all about. I'm going to be sharing with you the vision, the mission of Unstoppable, our missions organization, Kynos Global, which is new. If you're on our email list, you may have heard about that. And I want to share some other things with you about what we're doing. So first of all, I want to tell you who we are. There's three things I want to tell you today. Who we are, what we have done already, and then where we're going. Okay, so the first point is who we are. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start out by saying Kynos Global is our 501c3 nonprofit organization based in the US and it's 100% you know legitimate again like I said 501c3 tax tax deductible all the stuff we did all that and it's kind of funny I want to I want to share with you a little bit of a funny story behind why 
Kindhouse Global became, you know, an official nonprofit this year. It's always been in my heart to start a nonprofit, and especially with Unstoppable and the blog and the podcast and how things have been growing. I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, at some point we need to start an actual organization. You know, this is all just kind of under the table, if you know what I mean, for now. And I'm a side thing, and it still is a side thing, but it's it's also, you know, very, very central to who I am and what God's doing. We started selling sandals, okay? Every time I go over to Kenya, the first time, in fact, I saw these sandals for sale at a street vendor. And I said, man, those are really beautiful sandals. And so I, I, I got I to get Jenny some of these sandals. So I brought her home some sandals that were really beautiful, handmade. She loved them, started showing people. And people were like, man, you know, those are, those are really nice, high quality sandals. Where'd you get them? And I told them and they said, wow, you know, I'd pay good money for that, you know. And I'm, I mean, I'm paying really low. They're very cheap over there in, in American dollars. Very, very affordable. And so I, I kind of had this business idea. I'm like, well, shoot. I wonder if it's profitable to start bringing these sandals in and selling them on the American market, make quite a profit on it. And then I can use those funds to, to fold back into our ministry work in Kenya and, you know, empower local leaders, empower local business owners to kind of start sewing into their own economy. And that's kind of how it started is some of these things with respect to helping the locals and the lo- local leaders kind of steer away from handouts only, you know, from the U.S. or or fundraising from the U.S., which is fine and it's common. And it's, I think it's great for us to send our money over there and, and empower them that way. But it, what's on my heart as an entrepreneur is to help other entrepreneurs grow and have them grow their businesses. And so I really was like, man, how can we sow into this local business and how can I help the church and the other church leaders and these pastors, how can I help them establish some independence and start their own entrepreneurial exploits so that they can start being a little more self-sustaining, right? So that's the whole point. So I started importing sandals. I started buying them, you know, you know, 10, 20 kilograms at a time and importing them over here. And now we're, we're selling them at a local coffee shop uh, in Atascadero here. You'll, you'll see it on the website. It's called Sandals with a Story. It's this whole project. It kind of dawned on me earlier this year. I said, oh, you know what? I'm starting to import goods from another country and I'm selling them on, on American markets <laughs> and, and I'm starting to, to send the money overseas. And I said, at some point, this needs to be a little bit more legitimate than just Justin's self over here doing all this stuff. And so that's actually the the true story behind why Kainos Global became a nonprofit at the time that it did. It was always in my heart, like I said, to start a nonprofit organization, missions organization. I knew it was going to happen someday, but it's kind of funny that the events that precipitated it happening now. So that's the story. So Kainos Global is a real thing now. And so I want to share with you what Kanas Global is all about. Again, this has been in the works for years and years and years. I just haven't taken the actual business licensing steps and stuff until now. But Kanas Global has two main branches. There's a teaching branch and there's a going branch. That's what I call it, teaching and going. Everything that you've heard on the Unstoppable podcast or if you've read any of my if you read my book or any of my blogs or online resources or anything, that falls under the teaching branch. So Unstoppable as a unit falls under the teaching branch of Kainos Global. All right, I'm not going to quiz you on my org chart, or it doesn't matter. But I just want you to know that there's a teaching and a going branch. And so if you look at our face-to-face book, and we're actually working, I'm really excited on some of the, um, we're doing some e- e-books and e-course learning stuff with uh, with the book, uh, face-to-face. Um, I just want to say here real quick, plug for the book. If you haven't read it yet, face-to-face, an 18-day journey of hearing God's voice as his friend. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to do so. Get one for your friends. And they're on Amazon. You can also find them on our website. And we we actually just send you over to Amazon. But I really encourage you. I think that book is fantastic. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I have talked to a lot of people that have read the book and they are like, man, 
this book is awesome. It's really helping me to hear God's voice, honestly. And that's the whole point of, of me writing that book is to help people understand that God's voice isn't this mysterious thing out there, but it's attainable. You can hear his voice. And so you, whoever you, you are listening to me right now, if you've never heard God's voice, or if you are having a hard time hearing God's voice, I encourage you to get that book and and just go for it. It's a real simple read. I wrote it um, as a devotional, 18 days. You can just go through it, but I really do believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So, and we're working on more books. And so, all right, so that's the teaching side, okay? Now we have the going side. And so everything that you hear about Kenya, uh, the outreach stuff, and we're going to get into that pretty heavily today, that's the going side. And I believe this is a mission literally from God for me. It might not be your mission, right? In fact, I know it's not your mission, if it, exactly your mission. This is my mission. This is something God has given me to do. And you you might have a different mission. And that's what I want to encourage you with as well. You ever, Whoever is listening to me today that maybe your mission from God is something else. And it doesn't look like going overseas and it doesn't look like recording podcasts. That's okay. You have a mission and you have a vision from God that's different than mine. And if you do your part and I do my part, we're going to flow like a symphony together. I'm going to play my part, you play your part. And it's going to sound beautiful, more beautiful and harmonic together than it would if we were, if I was trying to play your part, because I thought it was cooler than mine. And you were trying to play my part because you thought my part was cooler than yours. Well, guess what? You're not built to do what I do. And I'm not built to do what you do. So that's my little application for you. Everything with Kenya falls into the going side. All right. Let's move on to talking about what we have done. You might be new to Unstoppable, and hey, if you are, welcome. I'm so glad you're listening. Hopefully, this is encouraging for you. Most of the podcasts are more teaching-based, but I just, as a kickoff, I really want to introduce who we are. What we have done. Man, how do, where do I even start with this? I could start by telling you my story, <laughs> which would take the rest of our time today. I just want to suffice to say that I was a nominal Christian at best. I'd been brought up in the church. I had a great church experience growing up, great family, amazing family, loved God, served God. And I just, but I still just had to have a moment where I came to a realization that God was so more, so much more real to me than I ever thought possible. I had an encounter with Jesus. That's why when I'm sharing with people on the street or in Kenya or on the podcast or in my business or whatever about Jesus, I don't just talk about, oh, you know, we pray to God, we talk to God. Everybody knows there's a God, right? People talk about God. But when you pinpoint Jesus, that's where that's where the line in the sand is drawn. We were just recently at Skid Row in LA. If you don't know anything about that, look up Skid Row, Los Angeles. It is a densely, densely populated homeless area full of drugs, full of spirits of darkness, very crazy stuff going on down there right now. And we actually just got back from a trip, took a small team from our church here in uh, Central Coast, California, down to LA. And so we were ministering on the street to people. And I just remember there was this one guy and he, he was like really interested. He was drawn to what we were bringing. We were bringing, you know, we were just praying for people in the name of Jesus. And he was really drawn to us. He, you could tell he just was grappling with this inward thing between light and dark, light and dark, light and dark. He wanted what we were passing out, which I was, was Jesus, was the power of Jesus, the love of Jesus. He wanted to be free. In fact, he told us, he said, I want to be forgiven. I want to know that I'm forgiven. And so that opened the door for me to share about the Lord. And again, the whole time he was like, yeah, I pray to God. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm cool with God and all this. But as soon as I got down to talking about Jesus, he goes, look, I believe everything you're saying. I want everything you're saying, but do I really have to pray in the name of Jesus? And I said, 
Absolutely. It's all about Jesus, the son of God. He is the only way to salvation. I know people don't want to hear that. People want to hear that there's all sorts of paths to God, but I'm telling you, buddy, it is the only way. Jesus is the only way. He's the only one who died for our sin. Muhammad didn't die for our sin. Confucius, new age, right? None of this stuff died for our sin nature and actually completed the transaction. Okay. I'm getting off topic. But what I'm trying to say here is that the name of Jesus is everything. Jesus Christ is the one who did the work for us. So, man, where was I even going with that? Man, I, I just plumb got off track here. Praise God. Well, sorry about that. Man, seriously, I got out there. And so what happened is I had an encounter with Jesus. He became so much more real to me than just a word, just a name. And so that actually started the whole this whole process. And that was, you know, several many years ago now. This whole thing started, I've always had a passion for missions, even as a kid. And so I had gone on several missions trips, but now after my encounter with the Lord, wow, I was on fire. I was ready for action. And I just had a passion for the lost, meaning people who didn't know yet, didn't know Jesus yet. I had a passion for people. I had passion for the lost. I had passion for anybody. anybody. I had, I had compassion for people like I'd never had before. You know, Jesus, his personality was starting to rub off on me. Praise God. That's awesome. So that's, that's, that's the story. And, 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 I had come out of a very deep pit of depression. In fact, you're, you're going to hear on on the next episode when I, I do a, an amazing interview with a woman named Susan Eckhoff. Wow, what a powerful episode this is. You're going to love it. I do actually share some some deeper truths to my story. And so you can, you can listen there. But I came out of a, a very deep, dark depression where I almost took my own life. And from that is where I say all this to say that this passion isn't just a flash in the pan, all right? My life was legitimately changed by the power of God. And so all this comes about where I am just on fire for the Lord and he's given me a mission to do. So, and so this revelation of Jesus just totally has just rocked my world. And whenever now I meet people who have also had experiences with the Lord that are that powerful, we tend to form fast friendships, as you can imagine. And so one such person was Pastor Peter. Pastor Peter is from Kenya. Now, I want you to understand something. Pastor Peter is a native of Kenya, but he actually is a missionary to the region of Kenya that he currently is at, which is on the coast. He's originally from the interior of Kenya, and he moved to the coast to be a missionary. And you can learn more about Pastor Peter, and I encourage you to do so, actually. I encourage you to listen to our, it's an episode in season one, episode number 11, I believe it is. It's called The Kingdom and the Power with Pastor Peter Chosen. If you want to hear the whole story behind how Pastor Peter and I met and some of the crazy story behind that, totally a Holy Spirit thing, absolutely incredible how we how we met and how we got connected. I encourage you to listen to that. It's in the first, first season of Unstoppable Podcast. All right. Pastor Peter and I met and we we had this shared vision, you know, of, of ministry to the lost, especially in the areas of Kenya. So that's where it started. And I took a team over there in 2017. That was my first time over in Kenya. And we had started what's called the Agape School. Remember, we're talking about what we have done, the history behind Kainos Global and, and Unstoppable. There was a orphanage over in Watamu, Kenya. And at the time that we learned about it in 2017, it had 60 or so children with little to no oversight, little to no support. In fact, no support. The previous owner or manager of this orphanage had either run out of money or quit, or I don't know what happened, but they, they just walked off the job essentially. And so these kids are basically without, without support. And we heard about it and uh, me and Peter, I'm like, man, let's, we got to do something about this. And so 
I gathered some support, some funds from the U.S., and I sent it over to Pastor Peter. And I said, Peter, I don't know what this is going to do, but, you know, maybe this can make a difference. And so Pastor Peter takes the money and ended up creating this event in the local area to this to this orphanage, specifically focused on this orphanage, about a feeding ministry. And so they brought food, they brought some clothing, some rice and beans and something of that nature. And they were able to provide enough food to feed 400 families. You got to understand in, in this part of Kenya, the average number of people in a family is about five, five people in a family. And they were able to feed or give out enough food, you know, to, to really help 400 families. And so that was incredible in itself. And this was the local area around this orphanage. Well, I don't know how this happened, but praise God, there was an, a Kenya official with the government, with the education department, I, I guess, that somehow either heard about this or was part of the feeding ministry or something. He saw what Peter was doing in this area and it just sparked an idea with him. And he approached us and he said, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so with the government, you know, and I, I have connections or I, I'm, I'm working on this orphanage thing, whatever. I don't know all the details, to be honest with you, but it, it was someone from the government and he approached us and he said, look, if you would like the orphanage, if you guys would like to manage it and own it, basically, we, we will give it to you. We will let you let you have this orphanage because you guys are obviously doing things and you are passionate about it. And we would love someone to help us do it. And Peter and I talked and we said, yeah, this is a God thing. Let's do it. We don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do it. And so we said yes. And we took the orphanage as, as, as our own. To this day, and this was several years ago now, this was 2017 and I'm recording this in 2023. So six years later, the orphanage now is a school. We have seen it grow into what we're calling it the Agape School. And now it's not only a school, it's a community center. We've seen this grow from an orphanage to a school to a accredited school in Kenya. We are seeing kids graduate. It's a primary school. So it's like our elementary schools over here in the U.S. And it's a primary school and they teach the Bible. They teach English. They teach math. They teach the whole curriculum. We are an accredited school with Kenya and also a mission center. And so there's a lot of food outreaches going on. In the process of rebuilding this orphanage into a school and remodeling it, we were able to directly piped in water to this facility and also electricity. And what's interesting, this is a total byproduct, is that the nearby village uh, was given, we were able to give them access to the water. And this is the first time that that local village has ever had access to clean water in this way. They would have had to go off and collect it in cans and stuff, you know, just like you, just like National Geographic, you see somebody walking down the, the jungle with a, you know, big jar on their head carrying water. That's literally what they were doing, but we got it piped in. And so, man, they go to their, they go to the spigot now, man, it's just a tremendous blessing to, to be able to just walk five minutes down the road from your village instead of some of these people walk hours for a jug of water. And that was a total side effect of us coming in here. So we're just excited about that. So that's that's the Agape School. And it's still going strong today. Last time I was there, I actually got to see one of the graduating classes and we, we got to see them in their little uniforms and it just was wonderful. It was just really cool. And so now there's over a hundred kids there. They actually have to turn away kids because we just don't have the room for more. They're turning out kids and we have computers, we have internet access and we have all sorts of cool stuff. So man, we're just praising God that, that he has multiplied that and man, we're just, we're just going for it. So we, and we want to see it grow. We want to see, see it have a bigger impact on people, man. That's just awesome. That's one thing that we're doing. That's kind of, again, how this all got started. I briefly mentioned what's called sandals with a story. That's the name of the project where we import these sandals from Kenya and I'm selling them on the American market. Right now I'm just selling it at one coffee shop. My plan is to spread all over my local area and sell it at different shops. And then eventually I would like to have an online store. That's amazing and that's been working really well. It also kind of gets the name out there and gets people more aware of what we're doing. Now, 
one important thing about sandals of the story that I want you to know is that there's been quite a bit of research done by academics, not necessarily Christians, but folks who are into healthcare and all these types of things in that area, in Watamu, Kalifi County, actually, which is exactly where the Agape School is. And you can look it up online. There's papers written about what's called tungiasis. I may have pronounced that wrong, <laughs> but it essentially is these this, this situation. It's a disease in their feet. And it comes from being barefoot over there and not washing their feet really well. And what happens is these little bugs, it's kind of gross and I won't, I won't gross you out too much, but little bugs in the, in the soil will get into these people's feet, the children mostly actually, because they go around barefoot. It'll get into their feet and this thing will lay eggs in there. I'm sorry, I know I'm grossing you out. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Don't turn off the podcast, I'll stop. But yeah, they get in there and it's tremendously painful as you can imagine. Kind of the thing we're doing with sandals with a story is for every pair of sandals that we sell over here in the States, it provides us enough profit I'm not talking revenue, I'm talking profit. After all, all of our overhead is taken care of with the shipping and all that kind of thing. We're able to buy five pairs of sandals over there. And we're talking nice ones, not little junky things. We're getting Crocs. I'm sure you've heard of Crocs. My son wears Crocs. In fact, both of my boys wear Crocs because they love them so much. And we love them because they're easy to clean. Praise God, they're awesome. So they get Crocs over there. And so we can provide five kids with their very first pair of sandals that'll help protect their feet, we're also using the, the money from that project to do foot washing, cleaning events, you know, and it, that might sound funny over to you, but man, that's a big deal to them over there. They, they all line up and they put little things on their feet and we wash their feet, you know, and get the, get the little bugs out, you know, and really, man, can you imagine walking around with a pain in your feet like that and bugs? Oh man, can't even imagine that, to be honest with you. I've never had anything like that. So it just breaks my heart, but we're able to really make an impact and I love it. What I want to share with you as well about that is we're expanding and the children over there are going to start making, as of this recording, we're in the process, but by the time this is released, we're probably going to be running on this. They're going to start working on necklaces and other little handmade things like bracelets and stuff like that, that we're going to start selling over here. Same idea. It's going to, all the money is going to get poured back into the local, uh, local economy, of course, but also just our missions work, which we're getting to. Okay. So missions work in Kenya. Speaking of missions work in Kenya, this is the next item on my list. I want to talk about reaching the unreached people groups. If you don't know what an unreached people group is, I encourage you to do two things. Number one, go to joshuaproject.net. Okay, I'll read it again. joshuaproject.net. This is a fantastic resource for this current state of what's called world evangelism. This is, okay, how is the message of Jesus Christ getting out there to the world? Where are we at today with respect to people groups? People groups meaning, not, not we're not talking races or nationalities or you know political countries like Kenya or Somalia or the United States. Within those countries, there are what's called people groups. And so you can go to joshuaproject.net and learn all about the people groups. But what I want to share with you right now is that one of the major points of Kainos Global is reaching unreached people groups. So joshuaproject.net has this classification system and where they, they try to put these people groups into different bins and say, okay, this people group, you know, according to our statistical analysis and the research and all this, they fall into one of these categories. And those categories are with respect to how reached they are with the gospel. What that, that doesn't mean that they're all Christians or anything of that nature. It just means how much access does this people group have to receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do they have access to Bibles? Do they have access to Christian missionaries or local pastors or anything like that? A lot of data comes into these numbers, but what I want to point out is there's the very bottom of this classification system is what's called the unreached people group. 
JoshuaProject.net defines an unreached people group as this. It says, few evangelicals, that's the segment of Christianity that believes Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us from this from all sin. This is not Catholicism or Orthodox or anything of that nature. This is evangelical Christianity. Again, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, the Bible is the perfect, amazing, you know, awesome word of God. That's a Justin paraphrase right there. <laughs> it says few evangelicals and few who identify as Christians, little if any history of Christianity. Here's the numbers. To be an unreached people group, you need to have an evangelical population of less than or equal to 2%. Wow. Can you two less than two in a hundred people would be an evangelical. And then it says professing Christians is less than or equal to 5%. So five out of a hundred people in this people group would say, yes, I'm a Christian. And again, out of the hundred people, you would have two, only two that are like, yeah, I believe the evangelical way of belief. Those are some pretty low numbers. And I want to tell you right now, listen to this. This is going to, this is just mind boggling. There are 7,391 people groups that fall into the unreached category. Compare that against the other classifications on joshuaproject.net. The minimally reached, which is the next move up, it's one, over 1,000 people groups. Superficially reached would be kind of the middle of the road. There's, that means that there's few evangelicals, but many who identify as Christians, okay? There's 1,800 people groups, okay? Stay with me here. The partially reached people groups, right? We're moving up the scale to the, to the most reached. Partially reached says that the evangelicals have a modest presence, and we're talking 3,800 people groups. And then the significantly reached, an example of a significantly reached country in general would be the United States. That means that there's an evangelical presence of greater than 10%. There's 3,300 people groups. Now, what I, I'm going to go back to what I said a minute ago. Uh, the numbers are like 3,000, 3,800, 1,800, 1,100. Those are all the people groups that are you know above the unreached category. And just in the unreached category, there's 7,000. 391 people groups. That means that there's more people in the unreached category than there are in any of the other individual ones, and several of them added together. 42.4% of the world's population is in the unreached people group category. 23% of the world's population are in the significantly reached, 24.6% are in the partially reached, 6.8% are in the superficially reached, and then 3.1% are in the minimally reached, and then 42.4% are in the unreached category. Man, that's incredible. What that means is that we have a tremendous number of people on the planet who do not have access. Listen to me, that is crazy to think about. They actually have very little access to the gospel of Jesus. Now, if you're from America or another first world country or a, you know, a significantly reached Christian country, quote unquote Christian, that might come as a shock to you. But there's so many details. There's so much data on, especially joshuaproject.net. I want you to, I really encourage you to check it out and just do some homework on this. It's absolutely stunning to me that there's so many millions and millions and millions, yes, I'm not exaggerating, of people who are in this unreached category. Now, Take that bin, I'm calling it a little classification bin of unreached people groups. Within that bin, there's an even lower level. Oh man, it's called a frontier unreached people group. And listen to this, it says, a frontier people group is defined as an unreached people group, but these ones have virtually no followers of Jesus, there's no known movements to Jesus, and they still need pioneer cross-cultural workers. That means that they need people to go out and get busy sharing the gospel of Jesus because they don't have any. Wow. Here are the numbers. 
Joshua Project approximates a frontier people group as having 0.1% or fewer Christian adherents. What I'm saying is one out of a thousand people in this type of people group, one out of 1,000 professes to be a Christian. I have no idea about the evangelical presence, which means they could be Catholic, they could be, you know, Orthodox, they could have, you know, Christian, you know, Christian scientists, or, you know, something else, something else that just says Christian, just falls into the Christian bin, right? 0.1%, one out of a thousand people. That is absolutely stunning to me. And there are 4,982 frontier people groups. Wow. So that's a lot. So I may have overwhelmed you with all the numbers, but the point of what I'm saying here is that unreached people groups exist on the world today. Now, if you are into that and you want to hear some more about that, um, we do actually have a video on our YouTube channel, Kynos Global YouTube channel. Look it up. I encourage you to jump on it. That's something new that we're doing now. Um, I do have a video of me presenting some more of these numbers. I also have some nice visuals. And so if you're a visual person, you want to see some graphs and some maps and stuff, uh, watch that video. You're going to love it. But I, I go through a little bit more organized than what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm just kind of skipping across the surface here. But I do organize it a little bit better in that presentation that I made for a local church here in the Central Coast. And so that video is called God's Passion for All People Groups. Check out our YouTube channel and you can watch that. I share more about people groups, uh, unreached people groups, and I do dive into what Kinos Global is doing. The whole point of this whole conversation about the unreached people groups is that Kinos Global exists to reach unreached people groups. This is a good time for me to read you our vision and mission statement. Here we go. When I was crafting this vision statement, I have been praying about it for a while. I've been listening to the Holy Spirit for a while on this, taking a lot of time to really ensure that I've heard from God on what our vision should be. The vision to me is something that is so unattainable and so big that it's got, I mean, it's going to give us fuel to keep going. Listen to our vision statement. It says, we won't stop until every people group in the Horn of Africa has been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We envision a missional church planting movement equipped and empowered pastors and God's people walking in the light of his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, <laughs> that sounds impossible based on those numbers that I just gave you. And I haven't even touched the numbers of the people who are in the Horn of Africa, right? So this is basically completely impossible to do on our own, but it's a vision I believe God has given us. And I'm going to share with you some specific words that God has given me about this in just a moment. But I wanted to read our vision so that you know where we're going. So that's why I'm so passionate about reaching the people in Kenya specifically. Again, this is my lane. This is something I believe God has called me specifically to do. But we're going to see it happen and we're just going to press forward and we're just going to do what God said to do. We're going to reach people. I'm excited about it. All right, check this out. Here's the mission. So it's like, here's the specifics of how we're going to get there. All right, so here's the mission statement. It says, Kainos Global exists to help usher people all over the world out of darkness and into light through reaching unreached people groups in developing countries by community development programs, missions work, and by teaching the word of God. So do you see how everything that we do with Kainos Global with the teaching and the going side can fall under that category? We're ushering people all over the world, which means the US, the, you know, India, you know, partners in Japan and UK and all these types of things. So we're, we're part of all this stuff, you know, all over the world by reaching unreached people groups. We really, really, really want to reach the unreached in developing countries specifically. And one way we do that is through community development programs. Hey, we talked about the Agape School. You know, we talked about Sandals with a Story. 
these are ideas that we're, we're working on to really build up the community and, and encourage local people to develop their own finances. And also, we're really passionate about leadership development and helping them multiply instead of just us coming over like superheroes and boom, you know, we did a mission trip and then boom, we're out, right? I want to cultivate an ongoing relationship with the leaders in these communities, which we are doing right now. In fact, recently I just sent a huge box of my book face to face. I sent it over there with the express purpose of Pastor Peter giving them to his key leaders and they're going to go through this book and it's going to create this culture of you know, listening to God's voice, hearing from the Holy Spirit, you know, going after what God called us to do. And then we're going to do a Zoom call. We, we're going to do that here. As, as of this recording, we haven't done it yet, right? We're going to do that soon. And then that's going to be one way I can minister to a group of leaders at once and help them to proliferate the gospel of Jesus, but also just them as like personal discipleship stuff. So I hope you, I hope you're catching my heart behind what we're doing here. It's my heart isn't just to go over and do a mission trip, boom, 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 like we're we're super cool or something. The point is, I want to invest in these local communities so that they can be self-sustaining. And so specifically, there is a people group called the Orma, O-R-M-A, and you can look them up on Joshua Project. We are specifically reaching the Orma people groups. This is a frontier people group, according to joshuaproject.net. And so when you give funds, if you're an unstoppable um, or kind of global partner, part of that funds, and we're going to get into this in a minute, go towards reaching an actual frontier unreached people group. Now, I want to tell you right now, there's a lot of missionaries all over the world that are reaching unreached people groups. So I'm not saying I'm the only one by any stretch of the imagination, but I am telling you that we are reaching some of them. We are actually reaching unreached people groups, frontier unreached people groups for that matter. And so when you give your funds and you partner with Kainos Global, you can be assured that that's actually happening. It's really cool. And so I'm working on some other, you know, better ways to like communicate current progress and stuff. So that's another thing that you're going to hear a lot more of in season four is I'm going to be sharing more about what we're doing in Kenya and updates and those types of things. I want you to remember something that back in the beginning of this episode, Pastor Peter and I were talking about this experience and I told you it was on a military compound where the Muslims and the Christians were together. And I read out of the Bible, I read Matthew chapter 14 and verse 28 and 29. What I want to share with you about that is Jesus calls Peter out to walk on the water. But notice that he, what did did Jesus say? Jesus didn't say, okay, Peter, if you do this, this, and this, then you can walk on water. No, verse 28, it says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, so he said, come. One word. That's the whole point, right? I'm making a point here. One word from God was enough to have Peter walk on the water. Can you believe that? One word. We have the entire Bible, by the way. So we have a lot more than one word. But I also want to point out that when God gives you one word or a phrase or something, you know, the Holy Spirit quickens something to your heart, there is enough power in that word to go out and see this thing come to pass. And so that's why I'm so passionate about Kanas Global going out and reaching unreached people groups and doing all this crazy stuff. I honestly believe that we are going to play our part in this thing and we're going to see things happen. We're going to actually do what God's called us to do because he's given us a word. All right. I'm going to read you actually out of my journal. I'm going to read you one of the words God's given me about Kenya. But before I want to make one more application, check this out. This is Jesus walking on the water again. Uh, This is in the book of John chapter six. And John records the exact same instance that Matthew recorded. But there's a little bit of information in John that you don't learn about in Matthew. Check this out. This is awesome. John chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. 
and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Verse 20, but he said unto them, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 21, then they willingly received him into the boat. Pause. Notice that Matthew puts in there this whole story of Peter walking on the water, but John omits that. I'm not sure why, but what I want you to know is that it happened right here before they received him into the boat. But look at this. Verse 21 in in the sixth chapter of the book of John. More information. Listen. Then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Wait a minute. Did you read that? Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? When they received him into the boat, they were in the middle of the lake when Jesus came to them walking on the water, it says. But then it says, when they received him into the boat, immediately it says in the Greek, (laughs) immediately, right now, the boat was at the land where they were going. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. So he supernaturally transported that whole boat to the other side. So what's so crazy about that? Supernatural travel. Time and distance compression. We would call that in physics, you know, Lorentz contraction or something of that nature. Like where we have physical distance across space time that actually gets compressed. Crazy. But listen, what I want you to notice is that when Jesus is involved in the mission or he's involved in what you're doing, he gives you the ability, he gives you the capacity to perform the task that he's asked you to do. And not only that, but the disciples didn't have the power. They didn't do any of that. Jesus supernaturally superseded the laws of natural physics to get them to the other side. And what I want to encourage you today is that when you're following a word from God and you're accepting him into your boat, all right, willingly receiving him into your boat and saying, Jesus, you can take my life. I'll do something with it. Man, when you say that and you start going after it with Jesus, he will do things that in the natural look impossible to do. I remember a story from Mel Tari. I recommend his book, Like a Mighty Wind. In that book, he shares a story about how a small missions team was told by the Lord specifically to go and reach this Muslim village. Well, to get there, they had to cross a river and the river was overflowing its banks and it was deep and people died. When they tried to cross this river, it was impossible. Well, the leader of that expedition said, you know what? If I die, I die. I'm going to follow what God said. And he started walking across that river and he gets up to his ankles and he gets up to his knees, gets up to his waist. And guess what? It never went under, uh, he never went deeper than his waist. And he kept walking across and he said, man, I could feel the sand under my feet the whole time, but he just kept walking. I I won't spoil the whole thing for you. You should read it in the book. Like a Mighty Wind by Mel Tari. These guys walked on water, essentially. They walked across this river. Supernatural ability to perform what God's called us to do. And I've got so many stories about stuff like this, just crazy stuff where God has come through for me. The whole point, again, of this podcast is showing you that, man, one word from God is more than enough. There's more than enough power in a single word from God to accomplish the impossible. And again, that is why, in fact, that's why the word unstoppable is the name of this podcast. I prayed about that. I talked to the Lord and he said, he said, unstoppable, unstoppable is the name because not only is it that we become unstoppable when we're walking in communion with the Lord. Really, we are, not in a weird, natural, selfish way, but man, we become unstoppable as we accomplish the things he's called us to do. But also, it's an unstoppable flow of the body of Christ moving on the earth today. If I'm doing my part, you're doing your part, so-and-so is doing their part, and we're all working together as the body of Christ, running in our lane. And again, that's why I'm teaching you the Bible on these podcasts. I'm trying to give you tools in your tool belt so that you can run in your lane, and I can run in my lane, and we're, we're learning together. We're going on this thing together. We're running our own races, right? I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to report on how I did, right? I'm not going to report on on how I did against your calling. I'm going to report on how I did with what God called me to do. But if I'm doing that and you're doing your thing 
and we're running together. We're running on our own races, but we're running in the same direction. Man, it's going to become an unstoppable force against the powers of darkness. And we're going to see these things happen. I know my vision statement sounds nuts. Oh, we're not going to stop until we see all these people saved or, you know, reach with the gospel. Well, you know what? I'm going to take God's word for it. Now, listen, I want to read this to you. This is something out of my personal journal. Again, this is very personal. All right. I haven't actually shared this with very many people, but that's about to change because it's about to go out on the internet. Here we go. But listen to this. I just want to share with you one, uh, two. I have two specific words that I just want to share with you that God gave me about Kenya. And again, these are not words for you personally. This is a word for me, but you can take this and, and get encouragement from it. But I just want to share with you what God has specifically said to me in a recent season. I have lots of words from God recorded about these types of things that have kept me going. And you can tell I'm passionate. And this is one of the reasons I'm so passionate is because the Lord has always encouraged me along these lines. And so I'm confident I've heard from him. But listen, here's one such word. This is right in the middle of a personal word he gives me. He said many other things to me specifically, but right in the middle, listen to this. He says, keep going in Kenya. Whew. Man, that's encouraging. <laughs> I wasn't sure, right? Something in me at that time in this season, I was thinking, man, Lord, what, you know, are we really supposed to be doing this stuff in Kenya? I mean, what's, what's going on? Right in that season, he says this. He says, keep going in Kenya, for I have prepared a work among the peoples there, and I want you to facilitate it among them. Wow. I will lead you and guide you in the way. Listen to this, guys. Only stand strong in me, trust in me, and stand firmly upon the solid rock of my word and my name, and all that I have planned for you shall surely come to pass. Now, if that sounds crazy to you, I want, I want you to know that when I hear from the Lord, I don't hear a word-for-word -word interpretation every day. Okay, this is not rare, but it's definitely not an everyday occurrence. And I've had the Lord speak to me like this for years and I write it down. And again, this is, a, this is very personal, but I've seen everything that he said coming to pass down to the finest detail. And so I trust it when I hear from God, I know I can hear his voice and I trust what he says, but that just was so encouraging to me. And I hope that was encouraging to you, but just so you know, man, I'm hearing from God and I'm just going for it. And you might think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you right now, you hide and watch. You see what God does with Kainos Global. I'm not trying to show off. I'm just saying, man, we're going to keep going with what God's called us to do. And I really encourage you to do the same with what he's called you to do. Now, here's the second word. I want to share this with you. This one is actually more of a general word. So this totally applies to you. Listen to this. This was actually an interpretation of a dream that I had. This was just a few months ago. And listen to this. He says, it's going to cost you more than you think. It's always going to cost more. But following me leads to the ultimate prize of life. I mean, I knew immediately what this prize was. The prize is him. Look at Philippians chapter three, if you, if you want a scriptural example of this. Jesus is the prize of life. Following him leads to the ultimate prize of life. It leads to him. It leads to a relationship with him. It leads to me standing before the judgment seat of Christ at the end of this thing and him looking at me and me looking at him and me <clears throat> knowing that, I, man, I, I didn't do anything perfectly. I can guarantee you that I've never done anything perfect and I'm not about to start now. But I can tell you right now, I'm working as hard as I can to follow God's word over my life. I am judging myself right now based on how am I handling God's word? Am I being obedient to what he said to do or am I dismissing it? Or how am I doing with my obedience to God's word? And man, I'm telling you, there is no other way to live. I've been living like this for a while and it's working for me. And I'm just pressing in and spending time with him, intimacy with him deep connection with the Lord and I hear his voice and he hears my voice and we enjoy each other's company. And man, there's just nothing more fulfilling 
than hearing what God has for us to do and stepping into it. And friend, I encourage you today, if you haven't heard God's voice over your life, and if you're not sure if all this sounds crazy, you know what? You can hear God's voice and you have a plan and a purpose of your life. We just talked about this in a couple, in last season, we talked with Annie, the Sunroom Coffee story. We talked about how God has a plan and purpose for everyone. And it doesn't have to look like this big fancy thing. Mine just happens to be an international missions organization. Yes, that all sounds really glamorous, but guess what? It's also really hard. It's also a lot of work. It's also a lot of character building on my part. It's a lot It's a lot of me getting knocked down because I realize I have a character issue that God wants to work on, that he can't allow me to have any more influence than I have now with a certain character flaw. I can't lead and I can't do stuff if I'm dealing with this issue here. So it is a lot of pain, right? What I'm going through, praise God, but I'm growing. You know, he's always working in me what is good. Go to Philippians chapter one, verse six. He's, he's working in me, me what is good and he's going to be faithful to complete it. And friend, he's doing the same for you if you'll let him. All right, man, that's encouraging. So last thing, I want to show you where we are going. I've got so many dreams in my heart. There's just too much. I had our, my Kainos Global Board asked me after a recent meeting, they said, Justin, will you send over a, a chart or a you know, flow chart or something that, that shows all the stuff that you do? And maybe something you can use help with. And I said, sure, I can do that. And so I drafted up this thing and man, I sent it over and it looked like, I don't know how to explain it. If you've ever seen a concept map before of, you know, a flow chart or something, just imagine this, this piece of paper, I guess, with just literally probably a hundred boxes on it. There's little arrows that go between all of them. And it just looks really complicated and crazy. And I, I didn't try to make it complicated. I just as I thought more about it, I said, well, I'm doing this. I'm, I guess I'm doing this. And this leads to this. And oh, I'm doing this for the podcast. I'm doing this for the, you know, I am going to school. I didn't even include that. But all the stuff that I'm doing for the podcast and teaching and going and what I want to do, it filled this huge thing. And it was kind of an eyesore to look at. It was just too complicated. And the board came back to me, basically shaking their heads like, Justin, you are a crazy person. And I said, man, you know what? <laughs> I'm just doing what God's called me to do. He's given me the energy, the passion to do it, but I, I surely need help. So where we are going, we want to expand with the Agape School. We have a heart for that, and we have plans for that, for community development programs, for more outreach-focused events in, in Kenya, of course. We have ideas for local missionaries, what I mean by remote missionaries, I should say. We have these ideas for people who want to get connected and be a missionary in Kenya, but doesn't maybe you can't go in person. Well, we have Zoom. We have FaceTime. What do you have that you can communicate to another person remotely and, and really minister to them and bless them. I have someone right now who's interested in doing tutoring. Just do math tutoring for a child at the Agape Center. How cool would that be? You could really minister to a person's life just by teaching them English or math or something of that nature, you know, remotely. And it would be a blessing. It would take some of the burden off the teachers and it may be awesome. So we're doing stuff like that. We got someone doing haircuts, remote, <laughs> remote haircuts. Well, how do you do that, Justin? You, man, man, if I could figure out how to do that, man, I'd be, I'd be pretty rich, wouldn't I? <laughs> remote haircuts. I didn't mean it that way. What I meant was we have a, a barber over here who he doesn't have the time or availability to go out of the country right now, but he wants to invest in the local barbering community in Kenya. And guess what? Pastor Peter has a group of people who are entrepreneurs who want to start or who have already started their own salons or haircutting businesses. And my barber friend is doing Zoom a Zoom video with them. Here's the tips and tricks I've learned of the trade. You know, here's what I'm doing. Here's the setup I have. And here's you know, a model and we can show how you can cut hair. And it's just investing in those people, leadership development, skills development, stuff like that, so that we can multiply our efforts. Like I've been saying this whole time, man, I think that's cool. So remote missionary work we've got going on. 
Of course, sandals with a story. We'd love to see that multiply. We've got more missions trips coming. Of course, it does help to go physically be boots on the ground and, and lead these teams and do things. Uh, we want to, you know, increase our financial support of these things. Of course, I want to share with you some some numbers now. Right. So if you're a numbers person and a financial, you want to see how we are financially. I'm just gonna, hey, you know what? This is the kickoff episode. I'm gonna give it. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to hide. All right. I'm gonna give it to you straight. So as of right now, here's the here are the numbers. And this might seem surprising to you because it's it's a pretty low amount. I just want you to know from the get-go, God is in it. This is one of the proofs I think God's doing something because our, our monthly budget is pretty low, praise God. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to tell you to give money to us because I want you to feel bad. I just want you to know the numbers. Listen to this. Right now, our income is 220 bucks a month. <laughs> Why did I tell you that? Who cares? I don't have anything to hide. But listen to this. So on that 220 a month, man, we are able to see all these crazy things happen. We're seeing people born again. We're reaching the unreached. We're sending out missions teams. I know it sounds crazy, but it's we're able to actually see that money get multiplied. Pretty crazy. But listen to this. Here are the percentages. Here's something that I've had in my heart with respect to our, our budget. I've always wanted to have our administrative costs and our fundraising costs be the lowest. Specifically, and this is just kind of arbitrary. This is just a personal thing. I'm not saying that you should do this with your company or your organization. This is just a personal thing between me and the Lord. I would like to keep my admin and my fundraising down at 15% or lower of my total income. All right. Just a personal thing. Well, here's where we're at. Right now, I'm actually turning out 21% of my income is, is I'm using it for admin and fundraising. I'm just, so I'm not hitting my goal, but whatever. We're working on it. 46% of our income right now is going to teaching which is the podcast or books or stuff like that. So that's pretty good. And then the remaining 33%, you can add this up, that the remaining 33% is ongoing. So that's on mission stuff. So yeah, percentages aren't exactly where I want, but praise God, we're doing something. And admin and fundraising are the lowest one. That's good. Now, listen to this. Here's my next big goal. The next big goal I'm believing God for is $1,000 per month. And I'm telling you right now, in a couple of years, I'm going to look back and I'm going to laugh at that because we're going to be making a lot more than that. Praise the Lord. We're going to be bringing in a lot more than that because I do believe this is going to grow because of what God has showed me. But at this point, $1,000 a month sounds like a really big deal. Listen to this though. I've already written the budget and got it all planned out. At $1,000 a month, my admin and my fundraising goes down to 13%. Yes. Right? Made my goal. Under 15. 30% goes to teaching. The going side goes up to 58%. Wow. And that is specifically with respect to Somalia missions, all right? Kenya and Somalia, if you don't know, they're right up next to each other on the eastern coast of Africa. Somalia is a very, very challenging place for the gospel. Very, very challenging place. Lots of frontier people groups in Somalia. And we have access. Okay, I can't share too much on the podcast because there are some sensitive issues here. But let me just suffice to say that Somalia is an area in which I want to press forward into the gospel. I want to press, you notice our vision talked about the Horn of Africa, right? I would like to see the gospel of Jesus Christ get, you know, pressing in to Somalia. That's a big one for me. With this next goal of a thousand per month, we can start doing that. I also want to increase our monthly support for local pastors in Kenya. We have a ministry van fund. Oh, praise the Lord, man. Wow. Have I got some stories about that ministry van? Pastor Peter has a van. And it's the ministry van. And man, it's just funny. It's just, wow, it's an experience. If you ever come over with us, you'll see it. Maybe if it's still around, praise the Lord. We were on this one mission with it and the road was so bumpy. I kid you not, a headlight fell out. As we're going, we're just like, what's that noise? You know, that rattle sounds a little different than all the other rattles. And man, we get out there and a headlight fell out. Praise God. 
you're sitting on top of the engine and man, you think you're on a, on a, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Pretty crazy. So we got a ministry van fund. We'd like to get a van that runs a little bit better. The current van is, is in a state of disrepair. And the van really allows us to reach the unreached people groups. That's how we can get out really far out there into the bush country and minister. And we've, we've reached people for Christ that have never heard the name of Jesus. There, you know what Jesus said in John chapter 4? He talked about the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That was Matthew 9, excuse me. Matthew 9, 38. Harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore ask, pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust out laborers into the harvest field. I'm telling you right now, the harvest is, is, is plentiful in this part of the world. And I'm just passionate about it, as you can tell. Okay, with our next goal, we would be reaching more people, of course, with unreached. I just mentioned more unreached people groups. I just mentioned that. And we also would be able to invest more in the Agape School, right? So those are my next goals. That's at the $1,000 a month level. And then after that, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but we do. I do have a budget written for a $2,000 a month, a $5,000 a month, and a $10,000 a month income for Conas Global. So I already have that all planned out because I just, I just see God doing things. So I want to wrap this up. We're going to close this thing out right now. I've been talking long enough, but I just want to introduce you to all this. I encourage you to visit kynosglobal.org. We have a website. It shows a little bit of this. I'm still working on, you know, adding some new things to it, but I want you to check us out at kynosglobal.org. See what we're about. Check out our new YouTube channel. It's relatively new. We're going to start doing videos and you're, you might be listening to this on YouTube. Hey, thank you. If you're on YouTube and you're listening to this, don't forget to like and subscribe, you know, and all that. But seriously, if you like and subscribe, it does help the algorithms. And I'm sure you're familiar with that from the other YouTube channels you watch. But I'm just excited about this new media outreach that we're doing and, and it's making a difference in people's lives. So yeah, check us out. And yes, if you want to become a partner, please, man, I encourage you to pray about it and, and seek the Lord on it. But if what we're doing resonates with you as a person and you're saying, man, I would like to be involved in that. I don't know if I can you know, do exactly what Justin's doing, but I resonate with what he's doing. I like it. I want to be part of it. You can give. Give financially to us. You can pray over us. Man, I, I, I encourage you to pray over us. Please do. We need all the prayer we can get. <laughs> We're pressing into some crazy stuff here. And I'm just excited at what God's doing. But yeah, pray for us. Give. Become a monthly partner. We love our partners. We pray for our partners every single day. And we write, you know, special notes to our partners and, and emails and all that kind of thing. So, so yeah, join the, join the mission. Help us get to that $1,000 a month. Man, we're going to see some things happen. It's going to be awesome. And then finally, I do encourage you to go. Go with us. I'm going to have some stuff on the website here pretty soon as we tie up some of the details. But we are going to be doing a Kenya missions trip shortly, 2024, the summer and fall of 2024. So keep an eye out for that. I'm planning on that. And man, I'd love to have you along on this missions trip. We could go there to Watamu, Kenya, where we're talking about. And we could see, you, you could see with your own eyes what God is doing over there. And I'd love to take you along with me. I think that'd be great. And so I'm just going to wrap this up. We're, we're all done here. Thank you so much for listening. I just, man, I hope this has encouraged you and lit your fire. And I just want to finish by saying, you know, Peter, Peter walked on the water from a word from God. How much more can we go out and do the impossible with a word from God, right? I encourage you. I bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppablepodcast.org. Find out what we're doing in Kenya with our nonprofit organization, Kainos Global, at kainosglobal.org. Get involved by checking out our open volunteer positions and ways to support us financially. Please like and subscribe to the Unstoppable Podcast on your favorite podcasting app and YouTube so that more people can hear this teaching. 
We hope today's episode has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.